Welcome to the Thriving in the Word podcast. We are so happy to have you listening today, and it's a great conversation that we have as we dig deep in the Word. If you're enjoying the Thriving in the Word podcast, we'd invite you to like it on whichever podcast service you use, leave a comment, a rating, review, even share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about what we're doing here. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Thriving in the Word. Okay, so here we are together starting yet another uh, Minor Prophet, probably one of the more well-known, I think, out of the Minor Prophets, Jonah. And uh, we got Johnny and Dave and Lenny, myself, Judah, uh, here today. Ben's not with us, but we're going to jump into the book of Jonah, a great book that is in every kid's story Bible, because it's such a nice, clean, fun, wholesome story, right? Like, I don't know, sometimes I wonder how they how they pick these stories. And they got the beautiful little paintings of the fish, like, you know, and Jonah <laughs> smiling. But um, as we can tell, uh, you know, Jonah was, was an interesting dude for sure. So let's jump right in. Anything stand out to you guys as we've been studying the book of Jonah this past week? Yeah, that in our minds, we always think of, you know, I grew up with it hearing, you know, Jonah and the whale. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> And then, then when you actually go in to read it, it says that the Lord prepared fish. Right. And then, so it's like, wait a minute. Right. You know, so there, there's that. But it's funny when we think of Jonah, we just think of the fact that he was swallowed by a big fish or a big whale, right? Right. And it's like, we get so hung up on that idea that, you know, like me, I'm, I'm a skeptical person. I'm very scientifically minded, right? So I'm just like, there's no way. Right. You know what I mean? He would die because you need oxygen, right? Right. So a fish, a fish isn't really going to provide oxygen, right? So I'm like, maybe it was a whale then. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'm like, but it says a fish. God's word is right. inerrant. So, right. it's, so it had to have been a fish. And then I'm like, well, what fish, you know, could swallow a man? So I'm thinking of like the size of sharks or, you right. know, like, um, like basking sharks. Megalodon. Yeah, there you go, right? Yeah. You know, jaws, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, would he, could he make it past the teeth? But, yeah. You know, so I, I, you know, so I start getting hung up on these ideas of like, you know, the science of it. You know, was, was right. it possible? You know, would he be digested? Right. You know, was there enough oxygen? But then I'm thinking to myself, it's like the conversation we had about um, Samson and, you know, defeating all the people with the jaw of, of a donkey, right? Right. And I'm just like, wait a minute, this is the same God that keeps my heart beating right. out of my control, who, right. you know, spoke light into existence, the cosmos, right. raised Jesus from the dead. I'm like, yeah, he could totally do this. Right. You know, well, you, so. you, you know what my theory is? And, <laughs> and it's probably not, not a valid theory, but... Hey, you know what? So theologians <laughs> make theories, right? And, and it's like a lot of it's unsubstantiated. Yeah. I believe, personally, that when God created the heavens and earth and he created the fish in the sea, he created a fish for Jonah. It's possible. Yeah. I, believe, yeah. I, I, I believe it was one fish, and it was a fish that could live a really long time. And I believe that it had the capacity. It might have had a couple of rooms in there. It had oxygen. It had a food source yeah, and a water knows? supply. And uh, and that fish was waiting because it says God prepared yeah. a fish yeah. for Jonah. So I think that God like said, I'm going to prepare this for you. Now, again, maybe not, <laughs> but, but, but that's my theory. That's a good theory. And then after it, it's a good theory. the thing dies off. And you know, no evidence. So it's like, so I guess the point that I'm making is, to compare it with the fish that we know of may not even be a fair comparison, yeah. right? Because it may not be around, or maybe it is still around. You know? Well, on that point, it's chapter one, verse seventeen. Uh, my book says, "Now you say he prepared him for." Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. So maybe, as you're saying, Jonah, that's exactly what happened. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So I started thinking about it and. 
all the things we know. And I was thinking about our conversation, John, at least by text somewhat a few weeks back on Job. You'd ask me some questions or maybe oppose it to everybody, but mm-hmm. you and I were going back and forth and, you know, where's the verse for this or for that? But speak, speaking and thinking of Jonah and about this fish, I, I thought to myself, I go, well, it's, it's pointless. You know, and people ask, well, how could this happen? But it's pointless to ask whether Jonah could have been swallowed by a great big fish without also asking whether God could really communicate with the prophets. Mm. I mean, think about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's pointless to do one if you're not going to do the other. Right. And if you're going to do the other, it is going to open up a huge can of worms for you. Yeah. Right. See, for me, I think it was like, it, and it's a common mistake, I think, not just, you know, I can admit it for myself, but for also many Christians or other believers, is that we put God into a box. Right. And we live with the framework, for me, like public school and like science class and um, empirical data and evidence and the fossil record and all these types of you know things that are verifiable right through the observation of matter liquid solid gas you know what I mean so I start to think in the framework of the way I was trained to think but the Bible and God and the Holy Spirit are training me to think with my heart and with my spirit which is totally different right God is immaterial right so I, ma- I made the mistake of thinking that um, I knew better than God Right. Or that the, what I was taught was better than what God has prepared to teach me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the same I made yeah. God too small in my own mind. God, yeah. we know you had, you created physics yeah. and you created this universe, <laughs> yeah. but I understand it better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and Johnny, you're no different than anybody else. Yeah. The same thing with all of us. You, you say you're thinking with, with your heart or your spirit. Uh, you have to think with that, rather. We also have to think with our faith. And, and, and there's where a lot of us get hung up on, I think, or at least myself, and I had to over, overcome that. And, and you make a good point. The world is finite. Again, if if we believe that God communicated with the prophets, as I just posed to you, or spoke to a donkey, yeah, or spoke to a donkey, then and, then we, and we believe our faith tells us that there is something a lot bigger than us. That there is a divine creator. Yeah. Then, our little box, our world here, where we're confined to confined to empirical scientific data that we know is insignificant and nothing compared to an, an infinite creator. You see, my problem personally was that I was thinking of the wrong God. Mm. Because the God of the Bible, the God of, you know, Isaac, you know, Jacob, freaking Abraham, right? It's like, he is all-powerful. Right. He is all-knowing. He is ever-present, right? He mm-hmm. is all these things. And I'm thinking like, oh, okay, well, how did this guy survive? Well, right. to- yeah. totally getting off on the wrong foot. Because yeah. but- the whale only had one stomach. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is, but that's a good jumping off point yeah. for us talking about the fish because that is, is is Judah alluded to in, in every children's Bible and if somebody says Joan, oh yeah the whale you know we've come everybody's come to think of it as a whale although it's it's big fish the translation yeah. but whatever it is it's a good jumping off point because it, it's so different than everything else in this book I think we may have all noticed it I know I did. This time going back, and I said, wait a minute. Now, I was looking at it from a literary standpoint. This book is a narrative. Mm, it's right. a narrative as opposed to being based on prophecies. You don't hear the fire and brimstone prophecies like Obadiah against Edom and, and, and Hosea and the rest of them That's a good that point, we've been yeah. reading. It's a narrative. So the whale is different, and, and so is this book. And what the author here does, Jonah does, was well, not even Jonah. It could be Jonah. It's the book of Jonah. It's about Jonah. But there's a narrator here. And he achieves his effect, I guess I would call it from my literary standpoint, in an ironic style. Mm. He inverts 
twists, turns upside down the usual convention of the righteous prophet and evil people. Here we have a prophet who is somewhat evil himself, not really nice. Right. And then we have uh, Gentiles, if you will, mm. sailors, and then later on the king of Nineveh in the people. You know, bad people, evil people who really are the righteous. It's it's inverted. Right. It absolutely is. Yeah. Totally inverted. You, you know. You know what I think it was for me because I know we're just we're just breaking the surface here of, of Jonah. This is the first um, study that we're doing so far. The first time we're talking about it is, I feel like I was deceived, and mm. we know in Scripture that, you know, who is the deceiver, the devil, the Satan, right? Who's the who's the ruler um, of this age or the, of this world? the satan the thief john 10 10 right the thief comes to lie kill or to steal kill and destroy so i feel like i've been like the truth has been stolen from me because of my upbringing mm. my worldly i should say my worldly upbringing yeah and when it comes to understanding that you know this challenges my faith at the very like the foundational level right you know that kind of thing because so i i have to submit to god i have to submit to right. the idea that there is a message in this book written centuries ago that is for not just everyone but for me specifically right to challenge my faith and to you know what i mean that kind of a thing you know? well and the problem with a book like this um because it's fantastic you know it's fantastical it's, it's it is it's, yeah. it's, it's out there right is that there's a temptation to take it figuratively rather than literally now now i, I believe that the best uh way to approach scripture is you take everything literal unless if it uh can only be taken figuratively examples of that are when you start reading things in ezekiel the second part of daniel revelation things like that i mean we're clearly when you know it talks about you know jesus coming and and he's, he's a lamb that was slain and there's a sword coming out of his mouth and all these things. like like at some point you're like wait this, this isn't literal like it's clear that this this is figurative in many ways this on the other hand um i believe that we take it literal um i believe that we take that there was a literal fish there was a literal you know guy named jonah it wasn't just a story to teach a moral principle um i, I always would rather gravitate towards that and and that takes us a, a leap of faith because like you say there, there's certain you know hesitancies within that but i, I don't know i i just feel like I would rather get to heaven one day and God be like, oh, no, that was just a story. And you, you took it too seriously. Rather than me get there, it's like, you didn't take my stories yeah. seriously. You, you didn't believe me? Right, you didn't believe me? Yeah. that I, I mean, Thomas. And, and, and the thing of it is, is I mean, kind of like to take Dave's, you know, thing a step further. You know, you're going to question the whale, but not the fact that, you know, he can speak through a man. Well, here's the thing. If we believe that God created the heavens and the earth... Why would we doubt that he could create an animal that could sustain life for three days? Like, if we believe that God, with words, sent galaxies, you know, into yeah, existence, yeah. if we believe that with a word, you know, God uh, sprung forth life in abundance throughout this earth, if we believe that, that Moses held up a stick and a sea parted and the Israelites could walk through on dry ground, then this is like small small thing to god like, that's it this is fiction yeah yeah, yeah no yeah. <laughs> I, I need to humble myself basically yeah. you know it says in scripture if my people will yeah. humble themselves yeah right? yeah and, and not just that as far as you know um humbling myself 
it's like I had I, I personally you know I said it before it's like are we thinking of the wrong God when we think about the God of the Bible or are we thinking about the God that all three all all things are possible through do you know what I'm saying like mm. like when you're praying are you doubting or when you're praying do you, mm. do you realize the absolute awesome power and wonderful mm. power of Yahweh mm. right you know creator of all things you know so that's all yeah I, I'm sorry to like you know carry no. that on, but I just thought it was an important part yeah you know well, absolutely. I mean, and, and these things, because here's here's the thing with science and the scientific process and the scientific method is that we only know what we know, right? But like we could say, this is totally impossible. And then they find a fragment of, you know, uh, uh, an, an, a prehistoric sea creature next week and they say wow look what we just found yeah. this thing is crazy this was way bigger than we've ever imagined and then we're like oh wow okay so now that gives validity to jonah it's like but it was there all along and yeah, yet we yeah. doubt it yeah it's like like so so this is where you know again it's like you know the the only the only reason why people would disbelieve what happened in jonah is lack of information or presupposition, right? right. Like, Presupp like me, that was my problem. My problem was that I had a presupposition, and it's it's that you know I like I like facts because yep. when I share information with people, I don't want it to be nonsensical. I want it to be logical, reasonable, rational, and I want it to have you know quality epistemology, you know, truth, knowledge, and wisdom to what I'm saying. This way, when someone goes and they say, "Well, that was an interesting point that he brought up," well, let me let me just look into that. I'm a smart person. Let me let me see what he was saying. Yeah. And they go and check. They say, "Wow, I did not know that," and this person did know that, and that was true. And I wonder what else is available through truth, and yeah. you know who who is the truth? Jesus, sure. I'm the way, truth, and the life. You know. Well, well listen. Speaking of big fish, I had for lunch. No. A lot. Of, <laughs> a lot of people still believe in the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's pretty good. I was there, you know, yeah. a couple of years ago in Scotland. <laughs> you know, I did not. But there, there are certainly telltale signs of a huge uh, fish. Yeah. So they see something. There's something, and nobody's ever been able to determine yes or no, but. Who knows what is fantastical or real? Yeah. Mm. You know, usually we dive into uh, a little bit of geography, too, and that sort of thing. So I just mm. wanted to say, you Go know, ahead. Jonah 1, um, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it. Right? So where's Nineveh? That's Iraq. Modern-day yeah, Iraq. Right. Yeah. right. It, it, it's, uh, I believe it's like uh, northeast of where he currently was. So what's interesting is that when he goes to Tarshish, Tarshish was like you didn't get to Nineveh by sea. Like so, it's it's important to realize that like like when you went to Nineveh, you would go there by land from where he was, right. and uh, and so so he goes down to, or from Joppa here. So he, he flees. Yeah, he flees to Tarshish. So he Tarshish. he's going to go to Tarshish, which is yeah. on like the other side of like the Mediterranean Sea. It was like twenty two hundred. Miles away was Tarshish, <laughs> right? So, so like when Jonah goes and buys his ticket, I mean, it's essentially like saying, like, like God saying to to us, say, go to California. You're like, okay, I'm going to Russia. Yeah, and you, you know, you I'm go going way out of your way. way. Yeah, exactly. I'm going, and, and, and the thing of it is, is he's like, like I'm getting now. What? Why was that? Why was that? Because the Ninevites were horrible people. Like, I mean, if you study the history. 
of the the Assyrians and the Ninevites and all this. I mean, they would take their enemies and like bury them in hot sand alive and drive a stake through their tongue, stretch your tongue on, drive a stake in the ground and leave them there to die. I mean, they would... I thought know, they would impale people. They would literally yeah. take a living person, put them on a big spike for everyone yeah. to see and just let them bleed out and die on right. the spike. So, so if yeah. you imagine Horrible. like your best no friend mercy. or your loved one that was ravaged in that way... Even just seeing it, though. they could treat another See, person right. like that. Yeah. And, and then God's saying, hey, I want you to go to them. Yeah, Because no. <laughs> I want you to go there and tell them to repent because I really want to save them. Mm-hmm. And Jonah's like, I'm going the other way. I'm going to do this world a favor. God, you yeah. do with me what you want. Which we still thank me in the end, right? Yeah. And, and, and which is why he's like willing to commit suicide. Essentially, yeah. he's like, you know what, guys, just throw me overboard. Like that's an act of patriotism. Yeah, in his mind, right? Yeah. If you're if you're an Israelite, and you're you're thinking of or any country, but specifically the Israelites uh, were persecuted by all these countries and Assyria is one of them as you said Judah the I do know like you said a little bit of the history uh there they were a, they were known for their brutality that's what they did you know gouging people's eyes out do not anything disgusting that you could think of even worse than the Romans I think uh you had that Nineveh was one of their larger cities at one point it was their capital probably their biggest capital they had several cities that were their capital at different times. Nineveh was at a crossroads. It was uh, very prosperous, you know, as, as you would, you know, with the, <clears throat> they had uh, certain products that they made and uh, they had a lot of trade going on there, but the people were, you know, they were bad. They were evil. And so here's a, an Israelite saying, okay, and as you, you started to say, Jude, I'm just thinking of, okay, what would I be thinking of them? I, I wouldn't want to be uh, doing what God said, go there. And, and God doesn't say, quite frankly, what, what the judgment is. He just says, announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked they are. He doesn't say what the judgment will be, at least mm. not in, in my book. It doesn't say anything yeah. specific. And he just tells him to go do that. And so if I'm Jonah, I'm thinking, these people have, you know, they're, they're, they're brutal. I, I would probably be thinking, I don't know what he thought, but I'd be thinking, I am going this is i'm supposed to go to the east i'm going west as far as i can because right. these people are nasty they're i can get killed really more than killed yeah. i'll get i'll get uh brutalized uh, another side note about um nineveh is they speculate that that's where the hanging gardens of uh babylon oh, were yeah were in nineveh um, yeah in nineveh nineveh you had mentioned john that it's iraq nineveh you know from my reading is is in iraq but it's actually there's a What's that town in Iraq? Mosul? Mosul? Yeah, yeah. Mosul. Nineveh is part of that, actually. Mm-hmm. What was ancient Nineveh? And it's still, there's still remnants in of fact, it there. In uh, fact, ISIS yeah. recently destroyed, destroyed the church. They, just, yeah. they destroyed yeah. the, the remains. There was walls yes. of Nineveh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They, they destroyed what was left of Nineveh. But that is like yeah. in this, I think, the southern or southeastern part of Mosul or close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's just interesting when I think of, you know, Iraq. I think of, you know, I was born in 1982, right? So I grew up all through the late 80s, early 90s. So I remember Operation Desert Storm. I remember mm-hmm. us going over to Iraq, Operation Iraqi Free, all these things and what we were doing in that part. So who was the bad guy? Saddam Hussein, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he was this ruthless guy. He packed his palace full of women and children so that, you know, you know he was protected with like a, like a human shield, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, he was always painted as this, as this bad guy. It's the Middle East. He's like a terrorist. He's like mm-hmm. this vicious ruler. He's a traitor. He's all these things, right? And I'm just like, 
Nineveh. So even in our right. modern day, it's like Nineveh is still bad. Right. You know, right. it's like they it's like they never lost that in in, like, yeah. in, in, in yeah. the mainstream narrative, if you will. You know. Yeah. But it does say this, and I want to point this out too. Um, and this is in Jonah uh, one, uh, verse eight. Oh, excuse me, nine. Right. This is the part where the captain of the ship, you know, the, 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 the sea is being tossed around the boat. Everyone's really scared. You know, Jonah's asleep on the boat. And um, the captain says, you know, what are you doing asleep? Who are you? You know, and he says, so he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear um, the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. So even in his rebellion against going to preach this message to mm-hmm. cry out to them, you know, essentially to and you could say repent or there's yeah. going to be condemnation, a judgment on you. He still fears God. Right. Even though he's, keep in mind, he was sound asleep. Right. If you're act- actively fearing something, you're not asleep. You're right. nervous. You know, you, your nerves are all, you know, shaking and everything. So he's actually peacefully asleep on this boat and they wake him up. But what, what is his initial instinct? Well, I fear the Lord God of heaven. Yeah. All right. So in his character trait, in his character attribute, he is a God-fearing man. Right. He is this prophet of God. He is this, this mouthpiece or this messenger for, for God, right? And yet, what is he doing, though? Mm. Is he fearing the Lord? He's totally at peace, relaxed, asleep on a boat. Yeah. In a storm, of all things, too. He's right. like, I got a plan. I'm going to ditch this job. Yep. I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go on vacation over here, way to the west. What do you say it was? 2000? Partridge, yeah, yeah. 2,000 miles 2, away. 2,000 miles away. I'm going on vacation while I got a job to do. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, when you got work to do. You're not going on vacation, yeah. you know? When I, when I look it's at... like, by the time I get there... They'll be destroyed. They'll be destroyed. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and then I'll come back and say, "Sorry, God, I was on you vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was it was on a vacation. bad time for me. I was out to lunch. <laughs> I punched out. Yeah. Going fishing. I, I don't know. When I look at when I look at that, and I, 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 Jonah is sleeping, and it's the sailors, these heathen or pagan sailors, if you will, Gentiles is what they came to be known in general in the New Testament. But let's talk about pagan, and they all had their own different gods, and they're praying to them, and they seem to be more. Uh, more apt to pray to God, even Jonah's God, mm. than he was. Right. He didn't care. He he's down in that hold, sleeping. He just wants to get away. That was my feeling on it. He just wanted to get away. He had he he didn't care about anything else until he got into the belly of that big fish and then started a, a prayer, which I know we'll talk about. But he he just is a lot of the reference here. As I was looking, I'm reading this. Is uh, he's. He's asleep down in the hold. He went down to Joppa. He went to, it's like descending, descending until he descends into the mouth of the big fish. Mm. And, and, and I'm thinking, all right. And then he, he even says it, I think, in the prayer about being in Sheol. You know, it, 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 it's, he's just getting away and, and, and just abdicating his duties mm. is what I thought totally. Uh, I don't know if he was God-fearing at all. In my mind, it, it, the, the sailors... And even the, the pagan king of Nineveh and the mm. people, they prayed. They said, hey, maybe, maybe God will, uh, I think there was something in one of those verses, maybe, you know, why, why maybe he'll change his mind about what he's going to do to us. Yeah. So it, that, it says, I, I think, oh, go ahead, No, it just says, don't, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 14. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's, Jonah's God, O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death, O Lord. Have you sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons? Mm. And then they threw him over the ship, 
and that they were awestruck at the Lord's great power, and they offered uh, him a sacrifice and vowed to to serve him. These sailors, they threw Jonah into the water, storm immediately stopped, and they're like, wow, they see how strong his Lord is, and then now they're serving him. Yeah, that, that verse 16 that you just read, that shows God's power in his right. sovereignty, in his sovereignty over other nations. And at first, you know, when I first read this, I missed that. But these sailors are saying what you just said. They're awestruck and they offer they offer a sacrifice and they vowed to serve him. Mm -hmm. Yes, God's power is shown. Mm -hmm. The the storm immediately stops. Mm -hmm. But his sovereignty over other peoples or nations is shown here. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, okay, all of a sudden these people and Jonah, he just seems like a days ago to me. Well, it's funny because that scene there, I like how the VeggieTales movie showed it because um, they never really thought of it before because it says the storm stops at once, right? So just imagine this for a moment, okay? You know, we're, we're all at sea and then, uh, and, and, then, and then we're like this raging storm. I mean, it's just raging, raging. And, and, and Johnny's like, throw me overboard. We throw him overboard. He throws in a splash. He, a, a splash. Right? He's treading water. Storm stops. Hey Johnny! It's like hi. It's like like you're like. Are we good now? Like we bring you back in the boat now? And that was the thing about the veggie tail. We leave you there. It's like they throw them over and they're just like staring at each other. Like, well, now what? It's like, well, I guess we go back. Um, But but the the other thing that I think is interesting here, back to verse twelve, it shows how committed Jonah was to running from God, which I believe that he did believe God. Like I believe that he feared God. He he believed God so much that he wanted to run the other way and manipulate God, right? He wanted to manipulate God into not and showing mercy. Yeah, the, the outcome, yeah. And um and so here, like if you think about this for a moment, right? Like think about the possible scenarios if you were Jonah. Okay, forget about knowing what happens in the story. You're running from God, great storm hits the boat, right? And the storm and, and the sailors say, You're the cause of bring you up on board. They say, you, what What is going on here? You say, well, you know what? I'm running from God. That's why he sent the storm. What would the, uh, what would the solution be that you would give to the sailors? What solution would you tell? Like, if this was you, not Jonah, what would you say to the Go sailors? Go to Nineveh and tell them they're screwed. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, you know what, guys? Turn the ship around. Yeah. Turn the ship around, and I bet if we turn the ship around, the storm will stop. My guess is, if they turn that ship around, the storm would have stopped just as quick mm-hmm. as if they threw him overboard. But he didn't say that, right? Why? Right. Because he's like, I would rather die than go to Nineveh. Yeah. Chuck me overboard. So how much contempt did he have for Nineveh or for you know the people yeah. of that land, right? <laughs> so it's like, he, he, I can only assume that he must have watched fellow Hebrews, right? at the hands of Ninevites be either tortured or executed mm. or or maybe it's past battles. Maybe it's, you know, recorded history of what they had done. You know, because you got to remember right. Babylon at one time, Assyria at one time, Egypt, they all conquered the Israelites, right? Or they right. conquered the yes. Jews, right? So yes. and th- if, you, if you think about it geographically, right, you have Egypt to the southeast, right? Mm-hmm. And then what you're seeing is they call it the Fertile Crescent. It sweeps up the coast of the Mediterranean, right? So the Mediterranean Sea is on one side, and the other side is barren desert. And then what do you so if you follow Egypt up to the land of the Israelites or Canaan, right? And then you sweep to the right. What do you see? Assyria to the north, and then Babylon. That's the Fertile Crescent. Mm-hmm. Yes. And each one of those nations that surrounds the Israelites at one time or another had persecuted or conquered the Jews. You know right. what I'm saying? So all your neighbors, they're not your friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. 
it kind of puts you in this predicament where you know you have that contempt for them being like, right. You know, well, I mean, they should they should die. They're terrible. I mean, back to the thing with Iraq or ISIS or yeah. whatever else like that. You know, Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. You know, and 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 you feel like, you know, like say say right right after nine eleven, right? Because I mean, anyone that was alive during nine eleven remembers where they were, what mm-hmm. was going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, they remember that day. They'll never forget that day. Where they were, what they were doing, what was going through their mind. You know, and then imagine a week later. God saying, okay, I want you to go find Osama bin Laden and say, you know what, it's time to repent. I'll do you one better right now, right? Yeah. So we have the good news of the gospel, right? Yeah. Imagine us being charged, Jesus telling you to your face, to your heart, right? Go into a place where there is ISIS. Right. And go share the gospel. Right. You'd be afraid for your life because we know that they cut off the heads of people that are non-believers, right? Right. At least the extremists do. When you're talking about ISIS, you're talking about extremists. Obviously, the Ninevites were extremists, right? Yeah. And and that's true. I didn't really really consider that, that Jonah could have also been afraid for his life in that context, too. Going in there saying, hey, repent. And they're like, who are you? We're going to string you up like we've strung up everybody else. I mean, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, another another point that I thought of, he was nationalistic. We're, we're talking about nationalism here. He is, and by that I mean he's narrow-minded when it regards his country. Uh, we've read in many of the books that we've studied that you know, the Jewish people were all a little bit narrow-minded. They thought they were the chosen people. And again, this is something I'm positing to you folks is that Judah was uh, Judah. Jonah was a bit narrow-minded uh, and a bit sinful in uh, pride. He he had pride for his country, and he did not think that the Ninevites, whether they did or not, it's not his business to do that to judge. Uh, especially when God tells him to go there and and give this warning to them, he was sinful with pride in the sense that he's he's nationalistic. He, well, my country's okay. And he says that in here. Uh, I got to find where, where I outlined it. And, and, and yet another country, say Nin- the Ninevites or Assyria, they didn't deserve God's, uh, God's blessing or to be forgiven or even grace and mercy, to be, yeah, yeah to, grace and mercy to be given a chance. Because he mentioned that you're, you know, the, 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 the line is what, you know, our God is slow to anger, quick yeah. to, to yeah. forgive. And all. But, to him, to Jonah, in my mind, that applied to Israel, not to other countries, not to Nineveh. You know, so I think he was he was a little bit myopic, narrow-minded, if you will, my opinion on, on what I get out of this. Um, he, I, I think he, Jonah represents anybody or any country, whether it was Israel or any of us who think that uh, they or we ha- we or thinks that they have a monopoly on God's grace. Mm. We don't. With the Pharisees. We and don't. The yeah. yeah. We don't. And he doesn't. And he didn't. And that's why I think you know he's running. This guy is very narrow-minded at the beginning, and, yeah. and he's he's not so great at the end either. But we'll get to that. <laughs> this, this is this is a good segue into some of my notes. So in my notes, I put we are all like Jonah, right? Yeah. Um, that's exactly it. We have, we have a job to do, right? We're called to do something, right? And it's not a message of doom and gloom like Jonah had to give. Instead, it's the opposite. It's a, it's a beautiful and wonderful message about love and grace and how God is abounding in mercy and that he's slow to anger and that he is fighting for you to be saved. That he's, you know, so what we're called to do is the Great Commission, right? Which is to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves, which that's not their commission, but the Great Commission is to go and then baptize 
make disciples of all the na nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So in my notes, I put this. It's my belief that the reason why we don't reach our neighbors with the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for, for the world is that we don't care about them that much. Mm. We don't love mm. other people, right? We only love our immediate circles, our friends, our family, right? Mm. And the rest of the world can frankly go to hell because it's not my problem. Mm. And that's the way we live our lives. Are we loving our neighbors? Especially those that we look at them, we say, they don't deserve love. You know? Right. My, my neighbor's a jerk. He gets up at five o'clock in the morning and mows lawn on a Saturday. Some of us are trying to sleep, <laughs> all right? You, you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. First world problems. Or, or yeah. my coworkers, or my classmates. Yeah. Or am I only caring about my friends? Am I only loving my friends? And even then, how much do we love them if in our own families, in our own friendships, we're not sharing the yeah. good news? That's very apropos, John, as you said, a segue to what I'm saying is that Jonah, in this case, who we're talking about, I mean... No love. Kid, he, no love. He's he never met. He's not, he's not, he, he doesn't care about his neighbors. Yes, as Judah said and, you know, described, you know, how ugly uh, the, were the tactics of the Assyrians, or in this case, the Ninevites... So, again, going back to what you said, too, Johnny, about going into an ISIS camp and saying, hey, I'm here to convert you, we're here to preach the word. Um, this is Noah, basically. Uh, that's a, a, a current-day example, but Noah... Uh, Jonah. Uh, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah was... I keep saying it because... They were both seafaring men. Because <laughs> yeah, Jonah... I, I, you know, I got yeah. that hooked up before I got here. Because <laughs> Noah is in Jonah. If you take the J off, you... Yeah. Were in, but, uh, and I don't know why I did it. But anyway, Jonah, <laughs> you know, he was going into, basically, into ISIS. Territory. And, you know, yeah, he like was going into hostile territory. He's going into very hostile territory. And... And he says, I don't want to do that. We're not man. in hostile territory, though, right? Like, think about this. Yeah. When, I, when I say we are like Jonah, whoever's listening, you know, ask yourself, have I shared the good news of what Christ has done in my life and other people's, you know, lives and what he's here to do for you? Have I shared the good news of victory? Mm. Have I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do I have a clear understanding of what the gospel is mm. and, and the implications of what that means? Have I shared that with my, my, my family? And, and be prepared to be shut down, yeah. right? Have I shared it with my friends, my coworkers? Like, are we failing God? Well, how are, about, we, are we running away from, from God? How about our, taking that a step further, John? Yeah. Yeah. As you, you like to say, yeah. Let, let's yeah. go you one better. And I'm not trying to go you one, but let's take it a step further. You say to your friends and family, um, have we taken it out of our comfort zone? Yeah. Out of our comfort zone. Yeah. In other words, okay, maybe we're not voice of the martyrs people over across, you know, in ISIS territory there, but have we taken it out of our comfort zone where mm -hmm. we just do it to people we know, family and friends in our media circle, maybe we meet somebody at the Dunkin' Donuts or somewhere. Have we really gotten out of our comfort zone would be my question rhetorically. You folks can answer it yourselves. Yeah, are, we, are we lazy Christians or are we actually rebellious Christians running away from God? Mm. Are, like I said, to me, when I read this, I just was like, I'm Jonah. There's a there's a there's a there's a little pattern in jo in uh, this first chapter where God calls upon Jonah, tells him what to do. Jonah turns the other way, doesn't go that way, and then finds himself in an uncomfortable situation. And then you have the sailors who are like, "What are we doing? What the heck did you do that this is happening right now?" They were given the opportunity to to listen and to act in obedience, and they were in an uncomfortable situation. And they chose to throw Jonah overboard. Mm. And that, I think that's one of, and, and for, for me and my spiritual walk with, with God, that's what fears me the most is to 
hear something directly from God and not move in the direction that he's telling me, no matter how comfortable. Yeah. I might be in that, in that moment or uncomfortable because I know that many, many times when I've gotten a clear word from God and I've gone a different direction, I'm now finding myself in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. So, so the question is, what is your Nineveh? Yep. Right? Like, what does God call you to do? Yeah. Relationship, addiction, uh, financial issue. Like, what, what is God calling you to give up, to do, to uh, obey? And we're like, ask me anything else, God. But you ask me that, and I will go the opposite way. And, I mean, he was determined. He was, I mean, he was determined to go the other way. And in our lives, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't speak for everybody, but, um, but I venture to say that in most of us, we have a Nineveh in our life. Like, God asked me to give up anything, but don't ask me to give up that. Because mm. then you've asked too much, right? Like, 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 I'll obey you up until a point, but I'm not going to obey you with that thing, mm. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, again, fill in, fill in the blank, sharing your faith or uh, uh, trusting God, trusting God, tithing, getting out of a relationship, stopping, you know, abusing drugs and alcohol, um, working on prayer. Yeah. Big I mean, one, l- yeah. L- like w- whatever it is, I'll, I'll do anything. You know, it's like the old uh, meatloaf song, you know, I would do anything for love, but I won't, won't do, do that. that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I would do anything for God, but I won't do that I mean that that song was made for, for Jonah, Jonah you know? so we should do the the Jonah's version of Meatloaf. So, uh, <laughs> speaking to what, what Lenny was saying in, in these sailors and everything, right? Like, I, I didn't get a chance to write it in my notes, but I, I I had the thought in my my head and in my heart, which was these sailors obviously appealed to their pagan gods first. You know that they did. They did right, and then nothing happens, yeah. right? And then what do they do? They address this stranger on the ship who's sound asleep. Why isn't this guy worried, right? They, they, you know, what's they different? Like, yeah, well, exactly. What's different about him? He says who he is, who he fears, right? And then obviously and they're like, and he was the key, right? What? So, yeah. So <laughs> they called on their gods when they were in trouble. Nothing was happening. Exactly. Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. Gets thrown overboard. Everything gets fixed. So now, do we call on God when we're in trouble, or do we call on God just to say, "Hey, you want to have a cup of coffee with me this morning, or a cup of tea? Hey, do you want to go for a walk with me? Hey, God." I just want to sit down in this chair. I got a few minutes to myself before my day begins or whatever, whatever the case may be. Will you spend it with me in meditation? Like, are we only appealing to the, to, to God when we are in mm-hmm. dire straits mm-hmm. or is God an everyday part of our life? Like, doesn't God deserve that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about that where before we c- come up or are presented with a problem, uh, do we pray to God? But no, most of the time we're in the middle of it, in the thick of it. And we're asking God for help. We don't leave it in his hands. I've learned to do that a little bit more. I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago where I'm just, there's, I just say, hey, I see something coming on the horizon. I'll leave it in God's hands. Instead of trying to work this out myself alone and then wait until I get in the midst of it and I'm sinking, I like the ship here uh, in Jonah, I, I leave it to God's, uh, you know, God's will and how he will handle it. Uh, but I want to, <laughs> speaking of Jonah and, and what we are doing and how we are behaving, you know, as Judah said, we all have our Nineveh. Look at verse 9. After they ask him, this is in chapter 1 still, 
after they ask him, they ask him a series of questions. Boom, boom, boom. Why, why is this storm condominum us? Who are you? What's your line of work? What country from? What's your nationality? <laughs> they bang him with questions like that. They're probably, father said, what the, you know, they want to say, what they, the they, they need the, answers. What's yeah. going on right. here? We yeah. give us a man. He only answers one. He answers the, the last one, your nationality. He says, Jonah answered, my book says, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. This book who made this sea that we're in right now. This book is full of irony. Think of that. He goes, I worship the Lord, God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. He's running away from God, but he tells them, Oh, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. Running from the land. Are you kidding me? Right. Are you kidding me? There's his Nineveh, of course, right there. I mean, that is so ironic that that he's fleeing God, but he says, Oh yeah, this is the God that I worship. Is that what we're doing? Going back to what you've been positing, John. Uh, you know, is that what we're doing? We're, we say, oh yeah, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I'm a Bible-reading Christian. But are we abdicating God? Yeah. Mm. You know, in, in, in uh, Jonah chapter 1, we see the beginning of a theme, which is when you're in hard times, you go running, crawling to, back to God. And then right here in Jonah uh, 2, this is the first line of Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. Yeah. So now Jonah is in dire straits, and now all of a sudden he's talking to God? Yeah. He's asleep right. on the boat in chapter 1. Right. Right? Relaxing on his way to, I make the joke, vacation, right? Yeah. To go, you know, forsake his duty as a prophet, right? Chapter 2, how does it start? He's already repentant. He's the, already, yeah. he's saying, listen, God, please, he, hear, hear my prayer. The you first know? person to breathe yeah. underwater. The, the, yeah. one, of the, <laughs> one of the major themes, at least as I try to pull themes out uh, of this, is what you're saying is prayer in Jonah. You, you read a lot in this, these short chapters. I think there's only 48 verses in the, in the four chapters, if you add them up. Mm. You are li- hearing about prayer all the time here. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Uh, By the way, that prayer in in chapter 2, yeah, chapter 2, 1 through however long it goes down to where he's praying to God, most of the verses in this prayer that that Jonah recites are from Psalms. Mm. You can can pick these right out of Psalms. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he clearly, uh, clearly knew God. He clearly had a connection with God. It's interesting how God never abandoned him, even when he was running from him, you know? I mean... It's like God could have let him drown there, um, but yet Jonah had a, a purpose and a mission, and God's mission was going to be carried out, whether Jonah liked it or not. And, and, and like you said, and I don't know how deep we want to get into um, two yet, because, I mean, we've already spent you know quite a bit of time on one, but you see Jonah humble and repentant because he's in the belly of a fish. It's like, what does it take for us to become humble and Be- repentant? Fear of the Lord, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's Beginning like, of wisdom, huh? You yeah. Just, you got real smart in so about when, a second there, yeah, Jonah. Right, right, when right. we heard from God the first time, we weren't as in an uncomfortable situation. Right, yeah. And then yep. we're in a worse situation, and that's when we're like, all right, all yeah. right. Like, you know what I mean? So I... I you force the hand of... You force the fish of God. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I just want to point this out too. I know we probably have to wrap it up pretty soon, but I always look for Jesus in the Old Testament. Yep. I'm like, it's a thing I'm fascinated with. So what I see in Jonah, and I believe this is chapter four um, verse... I know I'm dropping away ahead. Oh, I no, apologize Johnny. about that. You know, <laughs> chapter four verse... Um, verse eight, but it's the tail end of eight. Um, 
It says, Scorching East when the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and he begged with all of his soul to die, saying, Death is better to me than life. Mm. Right? So I see Jesus there. And I also see Jesus in the first two chapters of Jonah as well, chapter one and chapter two. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jonah begs for death because he thinks it's better than life. Mm. Jesus is life. God mm. is life. The, the triune God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's where life is. And also the way. Jesus, you know, out of those three characteristics that he says that he is, two of them are found so far in Jonah. Yeah. Mm. So far, which is the way. What's the way? God's way or the highway. Yeah. You've, mm. you've, you've yeah. enforced the hand. It, so. We don't even have to go to four yet in ch- to find Jesus in, in here. And as you said, one and two. In Matthew chapter 12, I'm going to cross-reference, yep. which I do. Uh, you guys don't have to go back there. But chapter 12, 39 to 41 I'm just going to read 41. This is Jesus talking. The people of Nineveh, he says. So Jesus is right there in the Old Testament. The people of Nineveh, will he knew it, will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For they, meaning Nineveh, repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. He was talking to the Pharisees at the time. And yep. uh, in, 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 the, in the subtitle on my book is The Sign of Jonah. That's called The yeah. Sign of Jonah. He brings it up, so it, it's there. Jesus is everywhere. Well, and he says, too, you know, um, uh, I believe in Matthew as well, about how Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three yes. days and three nights. The Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. So he's he's using, which I think also gives validity to the credibility of the story of Jonah because of the fact that um, if it was just simply a... You know, a fable. I don't know that Jesus would have used it. Yeah, to reference you know, it. Yeah. Um, as a symbol of his own impending death and subsequent resurrection. I don't think he would have referenced Jonah if it was not factual. But since he did refer to that, I believe that that gives validity yeah. to the story being a literal story, not a figurative. Yeah, it's a it's a point of reference, Judah. I I read forty one, and that's in chapter twelve. Verse forty is what you said right, okay. there. Yeah, we're three days and three nights. So the man of uh, so the son of man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So yeah. that's where he. So, yeah, so Jesus in the book of, of you know Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish, for, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you see that that trinity of trinities, that three, right, right yeah. there. Now another fun fact about Jesus in the book of Jonah is, do we know where Jonah actually was born, where he's from? Take a wild guess if it ties to Jesus. He's from Nazareth. Oh yeah, that's actually that. where that he's from. Not, it had a different name many years before, but that's actually where he was from. Mm. You know, can anything good come from Nazareth? Apparently, mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no place uh, that you can sink to where God won't meet you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that that's that's God's pursuit. Well, I, like you, God's yeah. pursuit is Nineveh, right? Yeah. And um, but he was more focused on Jonah's heart. Yeah. That he met Judah. I mean, that he met. See, now I'm doing it. Yeah. That no, he met Jonah the yeah. at the I, I, bottom I, of the ocean. I was <laughs> thinking of you when I was reading this, Lenny, because you oh, you have that saying, "Your oh, God meets you where you are," mm-hmm. and that struck me as I'm reading this because God met everybody in here where they were. He met Noah. Mm-hmm. And he met him right there. He listened to him praying, and then right. he just had the the fish just uh, lay him out on the uh, out on the land. Uh, he, he met, met Jonah. The, the sailors. Mm-hmm. It's Jonah. just a yeah, Jonah. Uh, it. Uh, well, he met like the, the, the. He met the sailors. The, the, you know. Uh, you, you can run, but you can't hide. Can't hide. You can exactly. run as far. You, you want. You want to go to. Oh look, 
Jonah's running the Tarshish. He thinks that I'm not there. It's like, it's like, oh, oh, from God. oh you, you're going to go under the water? Oh, you think I'm not there too? It's like, come on, Jonah. Yeah. Like, you, you can run, but you're not going to hide from the hand of God. So. Right. But let, 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 let's, let's wrap up for today. Um, and uh, I think... <laughs> I think there's a lot that we're going to be digging. chapter one. <laughs> yeah, digging out of here. We need to and, get out uh, through that. And Jonah. You look like you want to say one more thing. No, I'm going to hold okay, for next okay. time. <laughs> okay, next yeah. So, yeah, so let, let's, uh, let's jump back in next week um, with Jonah 1 through 4. We're going to keep reading it several times, and we'll get back here and finish it up. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast also consider sharing it on social media we can't wait to be back together with you at the thriving in the word podcast